if you will, open your Bibles to 1 Peter. Uh, encourage you to look in the book. We've been talking about on to maturity or how to develop spiritually. And uh, without a Bible, you, without looking in the book, we saw you cannot grow. We saw last week how that there are two components to hearing the word. One, hearing it on our own, which is what God tells us for spiritual growth. The other is this, to hear it in a ministry setting like this in the church. And without going into details, he said, this is how you grow. And uh, so First Peter, the second chapter, we're going to go back and uh, this is kind of our kickoff verse or our starting point about spiritual growth. And um, we're going to look at a couple of things and move forward. First Peter 2, verse 2, it says this, As newborn babes, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may or we may grow thereby. There is a lot right in those verses right there for anybody who... Uh, is a Christian. It's interesting that he uses like a human baby, he talks about a spiritual baby. Well, there's a lot to be said there, and we don't have time to go back, but you cannot grow spiritually unless you are born spiritually. So the first step to any spiritual growth is to do what the Bible said and become born again, or become new in Christ by receiving the Lord as your Savior. Not by being a member, not by being baptized, those are all great things, but those are all things that help us in our growth. But the very first thing is, is when we talk about growing up spiritually, we're not talking to everybody. We're not. In other words, if we were going to talk to you and say, here's how you have to raise your kids from an infant up, if you don't have kids, then this is great information, but it's not going to help you until you have a kid. This information about growing up spiritually is distinctly given for believers. In other words, this won't help everybody in every religion around the world. Because they can't grow. They can gain knowledge, but they cannot grow because they don't know God. They may be seeking Him and looking for Him, but the only way to grow is to become a child of God. Are you with me? Jesus was very distinct about that. He said one time, He said, You are of your father, the devil. And he was talking to religious people. How mean of him. No. The truth sometimes can hurt, but the truth can be helpful. What if Jesus never said that? What if he said, we're all children. We're all okay. I had a minister one time tell me when I was getting ready to do a funeral, he just said, say things to make them all feel good. And I thought, you know, tell them, you know, this. I thought, you can't lie to people. Because someday there's a day of reckoning and they're going to go, why didn't you tell me the truth? 
it's too late then. And so we need to let people know that there is a way to know God. Jesus said this, as many as received him, not just believed in him, but receive him, accept him, take him as their Lord. He said to them, he gave them the privilege to then become children of God. So you can see that there is a point in life that if somebody wants to start a spiritual walk with God, they have to become a child. And if you look here, he said, as newborn babes. So he's going to set out instruction for individuals how to grow. And it's real interesting because you can talk to people about spiritual growth, growing, going further with God, and it's interesting to hear what they say. And I said this last week that, um, you know, some people that come to receive the Lord, they'll say things like this. Yeah, I don't go to church anymore, but I pray. Um, I don't read my Bible, but I pray. Well, I'm not saying they're not saved, but I am going to say they cannot grow. And it's not me saying it. We made this mention last week. If he said you grow by the word once you're saved, then that means you need the word of God. And we talked about the context where you need it on your own diet and from a ministry gift. And there are reasons. And, and we don't have time to go back over it. But it's like this. If I'm getting full of the word and eating, I have the potential to start growing. And uh, somebody might say, yeah, but I still pray. But it's kind of like a fire truck. You can fill it with water, take it to a fire. But if you don't keep it connected to a fire hydrant, it's going to run out. In other words, if we say, well, I still pray, you're putting out, but you're not taking in. You're not eating correctly. And I'm not saying anybody here, but I'm saying that viewpoint. And so God has an order for growing. I mean, we have order for growing naturally. I mean, if, if your kid's complexion changes and you, you go, wait a minute, are, is something happening? You take them to a doctor. They'll diagnose, hey, this is what's going on. And, and we're real careful about their growth. Aren't we? I mean, we're probably more careful about our kid's growth than ours. Twinkies are fine. Oh, she can't have that. I just give them Twinkies. You're like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Just give them soda in their bottle. You're like, no, you wouldn't do that. Because we care about growth and we know growth is not by accident with them. But do you know continued growth is not by accident either? And so we talked about those different things. But notice, as newborn babes... So that means somebody who's a Christian has given their life to the Lord. The very next thing that has to become fundamental in their life to grow is what? Hear the word. Start hearing it in a church setting and start feeding on it yourself. Meaning that means I crack the book. And I'm not talking about being legalistic like have you read today? But I am saying we do need to eat. 
and we need to, I mean, you know, there's some things that will just never change in our life, and many people will do something like this, I'm praying about it, but some things you can't pray away. Somebody's like, why not? And some people pray and then pray more when that won't change things. Now, their prayer has its place. Don't get me wrong. But some areas you cannot get out of without growth. One place in the Bible it said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. I acted like a child. But when I grew up and became a man, I put away certain childish things. Notice there are things of a child that are not things of an adult. How many would agree with that? We're okay with kids doing certain things that later on as they grow up, having a temper tantrum when you're 30 now in a grocery store is becoming more common. Used to be we would think, hey, if you're 30, you're not allowed to do that. You should have grown up by now. But how many of you know that now, more than ever, we're looking at people and thinking, age doesn't mean they're maturing. Are you with me? Anybody watch Shark Tank? A little bit? I find them fascinating. Interesting. I was just thinking, I just had an idea. Selling an adult baby bottle. Go on there. They'll say, is there really a need? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Today, people need this. I think, I think I could be a billionaire. But here's the thing. Someplace, he said, growth will cause us to get rid of certain things. Certain things, attitudes, means we'll pick up some, get rid of some. It'll change our speech. We'll pick up some new speech, get rid of some old speech, some old actions, new actions. But, but notice he tells us right there, life will change with growth. How many kids are like, I can't wait to drive? How many adults are like, I can't wait till my kids drive too because then they're going to go to the store. They're going to go pick up their sister or brother. You know what I mean? We recognize there are freedoms with growth. Even kids say it. You know, I can't wait till I can go do this. And spiritually, if we grow, there are freedoms and liberties in the Lord that can only be experienced in their fullest as we grow. Fulfilling God's destiny for our life, all kinds of other things. But notice the basis for growth is you can't grow unless you're alive. Once you've received the Lord, you're alive. He who has the Son has life. He who does not is spiritually dead. So you can't just grow a spiritually dead thing. Now that we've given our lives to the Lord or we'll have the opportunity to, growth is right here. Newborn babes desire the milk of the word that they would grow 
thereby. I'm going to read this in a couple of translations. New Living Translation says, Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk. Notice it's not natural milk, but spiritual milk, so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Wow, that's huge. Because how many people have come to the Lord and experienced salvation? And they received the Lord and they went, this is the greatest thing in the earth. I mean, it was so big to me, I thought, I can't tell anybody because this may not last. Then I was telling everybody, hey, you've got to have this. You've got to experience this. You need this. And I had friends go, huh? And then when they finally did give their life to the Lord, they were like, I get it. But here's the thought. He said right here, full experience. Full experience. Full experience. Grow in salvation. That means then when somebody first gets saved, they're not experiencing full salvation yet. And they said, yeah, but it's pretty good. Yeah, but didn't the Bible say the path of the righteous should grow brighter and brighter day by day? So that means when the Bible said we go from glory to glory? Interesting that he said, so that we may grow into a full experience of everything that the Lord paid for. And notice, a full experience of salvation, cry out for this new nourishment. So he basically said we grow by the milk of the word, and there's nourishment in it. So we need nourishment to grow. I mean, we know that. We're dramatic sometimes. I'm starving to death right now. And, you know, when we were getting ready, I'm like, man, I can't get my pants on. Why are they shrinking? We're not starving to death. You, you know where I'm coming from? But notice, he, he said, with this milk we desire, we cry out for the nourishment. There are things in the Word of God that nourish us spiritually to help us grow. Here's another translation. The New English, or English Standard Version says, Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk. There is a spiritual longing in every believer that can only be quenched by the Word of God. Some of the cry of life goes away when we start, you know, there is a cry in life. People can be crying and not know why. Let me ask you this. Have you been eating lately? Have you made a commitment to some kind of personal feeding? Have you made some kind of commitment to feeding in church? And obviously, people are here. And so that answer would be, yeah. But personal and this type of feeding is important. And it will get rid of the cry or answer the cry. 
And some people can be crying and they need food. Amen. Notice, like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Isn't that interesting that personal feeding, feeding in a church, helps us to grow up. Growing helps us to walk in freedom or experience a full salvation. I don't know about you, but if there's an opportunity for a full salvation, I would like to walk in that. And I believe every Christian really longs to walk in the fullness of their salvation. In growth, there's freedom. In spiritual growth, there's freedom. There's richer fellowship with God. Now, you can say some of this just like you would say to somebody, you need to come to know the Lord. You need to give your life to the Lord. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when they experience, they go, yes. And you can do the same thing with a Christian and say, there's deeper fellowship. And until you experience it, you may not really go, wow. But here's the one thing about richer fellowship, joy, peace, stability spiritually, growing spiritually, fulfilling God's plan. Just like we hunger for the milk of the Word of God, there's something in us called the Spirit of God, once you're saved, that will crave to walk in certain things. Have you ever eaten and been eating and go, man, I just crave salads right now? Anybody ever been there? One, one person? Not two, three? No, we... Uh, you know, and then one day you're like, I really want vegetables or I want fruit. Your body craves these things. Spiritually, God will drive you toward a full-grown life if we'll pay attention, if we'll follow after. Do this with me. Turn to Matthew. Actually, we won't turn there yet because somebody might start reading. And they're like, you know what this verse said? We weren't reading that verse. But I want to say this and give some food for thought because we're talking about growing up spiritually. But one thing that I wanted to say is this. It's of interest that one of the very last things Jesus said to his disciples and to the church or his apostles, his followers, he told them to make disciples of everybody they can. He said, go make a disciple of people. Here's what I wanted to get at. If one of the last things you say, and you're Jesus, now he said it before, but if one of the last things he said was, no, don't just go lead people to me, he said, make them a disciple, a fully committed believer. He said, see, that's the goal is to become a disciple, not just one who has received him. In other words, just a baby, just new birth, which 
is great to get to heaven, but can be a rough ride on the earth. You with me? But he said, make disciples. Here's an interesting thought, if you know your Bible. The book of Acts is the first book of the church. All the books after that are written to the church. You know, from Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, all the way through to the book of Revelation. Those are all written to the church. You know what's real interesting? In the book of Acts, there are references of how they would go to someone's house and they stayed with this disciple. Now, this is an important thought because one of the last things Jesus said is said, make disciples of people. And you see references of there were disciples there. Uh, we stayed with this disciple. Or Apollos was a disciple of the Lord. And do you know after the book of Acts, when Jesus gave his, this important uh, thing, he said, this is what you're to do till I return. Make disciples of all nations. We're going to read that in a second. And do you know that after the book of Acts, the word disciple and disciples is never mentioned again? Ever. Ever. And you can, in the church world today, you'll hear people say, our problem is we need more disciples. And anybody ever heard that? Are you a disciple of the Lord? We're doing a discipleship class. And I'm not knocking any of it, but do you know that word is never, ever mentioned in all the books of the New Testament or what we would call the epistles or letters to the church? I mean, but here's the thing. John lived and walked and traveled with Jesus. He wrote some in the New Testament. Peter wrote some in the New Testament. James, you know, and these ones, they were alive with the Lord. And none of them said, you need to be a disciple. Did these guys blow it or what? Hmm. Turn to Matthew 28. Did Jesus think a disciple was important? And here we've got, we, we've got his main guys, or as people used to say, his main heads, man. These are the important people. These are the apostles. These are the ones I've left instructions. I mean, if I have a business and I leave for a month on vacation, I'm going to tell the head people, this is how I want it run and uh, when I come back, you know, I'll take the reins again. Jesus left, left these guys in charge, left the, us the Bible, and said, make disciples of everyone. So that means, hey, if we're already born again, then shouldn't we be aspiring to be a disciple of the Lord? Why, why isn't there more instruction? Notice this, Matthew 28. And we'll begin reading in verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now that's even more than I'm talking or what, what they were probably thinking. 
Because nations doesn't just mean nations like the United States, China. It literally means people groups. All ethnicities. Everybody. Jew or Gentile. Any group you identify with, Jesus said, they are targets. You make them disciples. God does not exclude Well, oh, well, they're of this race or of this. No, he literally said, make disciples of all nations or all people groups. Then he said this, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or baptizing them into the name of the Father, into the name of the Son, and into the name of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's why we're doing a baptism in a couple of weeks. Jesus told us to do this. Part of being a disciple is following this command. And once you've been saved or given your life to the Lord, one of the things along growth patterns is get baptized. But notice verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded them. Commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, I'm going to work with whoever does this and does this in the world. I'll be there. I'll be helping. But here's what you do. You teach people... To observe to do certain things that he commanded. Was this important? I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't have a 29th chapter. I don't have a verse 21. It's just done. That's it. Was that important? I mean, if... You know, I'm leaving and I give you all the instruction and then I'm like, here's the key to get you in the door. And he said, make disciples. And then they only called people disciples. What? Or did they know something and they were hitting it and we maybe just didn't realize what a disciple is, a true disciple. Turn to John 8. John 8. This was written before the Matthew 28 that we read. This was in the ministry of Jesus. He's about to bring up being a disciple again, but he's about to say something that the apostles adopted. And this is huge because what are we talking about? Shouldn't we talk about being a disciple? And here we are talking about growing and becoming mature in the Lord and walking in our full salvation. Which is it? John 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, If you abide in my word... What does it mean to abide in His Word? Meaning, 
it literally different translations say continue on in the word. He said, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Disciple is from the word discipline. And really when he talks about discipline, he's talking about a self-discipline. Not a discipline of the Lord like, with his whip. No, he said if you want to be a disciple or a disciplined one, here's where it starts. Continuing in the word. Continuing in the word yourself. Doesn't that kind of sound familiar? Newborn babes desire the milk of the word that they would grow thereby. But you think about it. If you stop eating naturally, you stop growing. If you stop, and we talked about this last week, how that spiritual growth, we saw that the Bible uses these terms. A baby spiritually, a child spiritually, young spiritually, and adult spiritually. And each one of them that we looked at showed how that the only way to grow from a child or from an infant to somebody young to an adult is to have a constant diet of the Word of God. Did Jesus say something that the disciples put aside? Or did they just say it a little bit different than Him, knowing that people can't grow until they get saved. But notice the principle here. If you abide in me, or I'm sorry, if you abide in my word, then you will be my disciplined ones indeed. And you shall know the truth. Now Jesus said, my word is truth. My word is truth. This word is truth. Now remember, we've read one translation says, if you will just keep eating this, you will come to experience, experience a full salvation. And notice what he said here. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Notice, full salvation freedom full salvation freedom isn't there freedom in the lord he said you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free notice a full salvation experience is salvation bondage or is salvation freedom from condemnation because our sins are washed away isn't salvation walking in love, knowing God, walking in everything He paid for? Now, freedom then comes from the truth. Why did they preach the truth? Because they knew people could then start experiencing the freedoms the Lord has already provided when He died and rose again. But could you imagine... Then, 
not experiencing all the freedom or the full salvation? And what is the basis or the baseline part of this? Grow by the meat? Grow by the milk? Grow by the water of the Word? It's the same type of terminology. Did Jesus tell His disciples something that they are no longer executing and we are not? Or are they saying the same thing? Don't you have to be disciplined to continue in the Word? Anybody ever said, I'm just not doing that? Anybody ever thought, ah, the Bible. Have you ever said that about taquitos? No, because we realize we can feed our natural part of us. We need to feed our spiritual part. There is something to be said about growth that will change and revolutionize our lives. Because remember what the Bible said, you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But if I am not feeding my heart and putting stuff in my mind that's appropriate, there will not be the transformation and experience of a full salvation. Does that mean God doesn't love those people? No. He loves them. But they are not eating the things that will make them grow. If you're familiar in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, there's a scripture that says, and the yoke, which is a bondage, will be destroyed because of the anointing. Anybody ever heard that verse? But do you know if you read the margin note? It's interesting because it says, and the yoke, a bondage, will be destroyed because of fatness, because of growth. Some things that hold people don't hold them and won't hold them if they grow. Some things you can only outgrow, you can't pray them away. And the only way I can grow is in this fundamental part is first start eating. We said this last week. Babies do a couple of things really well. Eat, poop, and sleep, and cry. But isn't it a tremendous formula for growth? Some of you are like, is it a tremendous formula? It is the formula. Are you with me? It is just a fact. And isn't it awesome to experience their growth? And all the fascinating parts about it. We joke with kids, don't grow up so fast. But the only reason they keep growing is because you keep feeding them. Somebody's like, you mean I could um, not feed them? That's criminal. It's called neglect. You can get in trouble for that. Why? Because the world knows growth is important. But physical growth does not always mean we grow spiritually with the right motives, the right attitude, and walk in full salvation. But man, if we're that disciplined, haven't we all heard those horrible stories of neglect on children? And people think, 
Who are they, those parents? You ever think that? I think if I had a chance with them, I would just say, please feed your kid. No, you wouldn't. You'd be like, ugh. You'd almost want to get violent, wouldn't you? I'm being honest, wouldn't you? Some of you are like, no, I'm a Christian. No, listen, the Bible said the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violence sees it by force. In other words, they're like, yeah, we got to have the... And if we look at that naturally, we need to be that way about hunger and development. You've got to take it by force. Some people's greatest battles, some people want to be a warrior for the Lord. And their greatest fight is going to be opening up the book and start reading. I know that doesn't look glamorous, but it's the truth. Why? Because there's a battle for you not to look in the book. That went over real well. But there really is a battle for believers to not look at the book or twist what's written. Are you with me? The enemy wants that. God doesn't want you ignorant. Why does he want you in the book in the context of a church setting? And we looked at how God gave ministry gifts so that they would speak the truth, not what's popular, but what's true. And then it said speaking the truth in love may cause them or those people who hear to grow up. You with me? So if these things are important, why? Why do we need to grow? Why? Look at this, Psalm 17. Nourishment is in the word for spiritual development and growth. I am not opposed to prayer. We do prayer twice a week in the church. Tuesday morning, Friday morning, 8.30. That's not the only time I pray. I am for prayer. I know you guys are for prayer. But prayer alone will not change things. Hallelujah. But the Word of God will do something that the word, that prayer cannot do. Are you with me? As a matter of fact, prayer gets better and I'm sure at some point we'll look at this when the foundation of being in the Word ourselves is there. We should be committed to getting in and hearing the Word in church. We should be committed because if you want to be a disciple, you have to observe the things He teaches, but if you don't know what they are, how can you observe them? And so if we want to grow, part of growth is being in church, part of, you know, on a constant basis, and the same thing about growing, being in the Word yourself. There isn't one person who is a genuine believer that at some point in their life, they've been challenged by the Lord to get in the Word. Now remember this, He's a good Father. He's a good God. But He's not going to feed you. 
per se. In other words, he's not going to take you up in his arm and stick a bottle in your mouth. But that's why you come to church. But as you want, if you want to grow, become a disciple, you've got to start picking up the word. Then, through that time, he will start teaching you. Here's the interesting part about it. What makes milk and meat still good after all these years? Responding appropriately to it. The light of the word goes out when people read it and stop obeying it. The word stays vibrant as we obey the things we know. Are you with me? So notice this in, in Psalm 17. And I think this ver these verses are so fascinating because in life, sometimes people are uh, trying to pray things away, believe things away, and being a disciple actually will keep us away from many battles and struggles in life. Notice this in Psalm 17, 4. And we're talking about being a disciple. Really, we're talking about growing in the Lord. Are you there? Verse 4. Everybody looking? Hit your neighbor. Don't hurt him. Say, are you awake still? Are you done with your nap? Look at this. You want to grow? Here we go. Concerning the works of men, or how men conduct themselves. By the word of your lips, in other words, from God's words, I have kept away from the path of the destroyer. How did he keep away from the path of the destroyer? Because he prayed? You know, there are just, we know this, and as people grow and their parents, they'll tell people, don't hang around with them. Your life will be destroyed. Don't do this. This will hurt your life. Or, or do this and life will be better. Do this and you'll prosper more. Do this and life will be sweet. Isn't that true? And isn't that what we want for all our kids and the people that are under us, so to speak? But the truth of the matter is God wants that for you more than you want that for your kids. And, and this person who wrote this by the inspiration of God said, concerning the works of men, how they conduct themselves, by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the path of the destroyer or things that are harmful. He didn't say because I prayed. It was because he heard God's words. Verse 4 says, uphold my steps. And this is huge in your path. Where is it that you will be upheld from falling? It's in his path. Not my path. Not what somebody else says is his path. I was talking to somebody before church this morning, and we were talking about Adam and Eve and how Adam was tempted and Adam had everything already. And the devil was like, you don't have everything. And he really did. And he didn't follow God's words. And he followed the enemy's path. 
And really, he got stuff taken away from him when the enemy said, go down this path, you're going to end up with more. He went down that path and ended up with less. Spiritual growth will be the person who continues in the Word. And when we follow God's Word and we observe to do what He said, He said, then you'll be on a path. And on that path, notice, uphold my steps in your paths or in the way you say. In other words, if I don't follow what I know from Him, then I'm not going to be upheld. So then it's a real simple solution. Uphold my steps in your path that my footsteps may not slip. And really all he's basically saying is, if you hear the word of God, continue to do what it says in that place of hearing and doing Remember, teach all men to observe to do. He said, in that place, you will stand and not fall. You will grow and you will experience full salvation. We know this in the world we live. They're not going to tell you to make this path your path. Friends will pull. People will pull. We just need to know. If I'm going to grow, if I'm going to be a disciple, and we really live living in the last days. We are. We are told we can live in victory. We're told we can experience a full salvation. How wonderful is that for the rest of the world? Adam and Eve had it all and went a worldly way. We really have it all in the Lord, and we can start experiencing it as we do what we're talking about, the fundamental thing. Real simple. Be committed to faithfully being in church and hearing. Be faithful to start getting in the Word of God. Realize there's nutrients yourself. This is something you can never get away from. I remember when I first got saved, and I'd witness to people and they would say stuff like this. You know, I'd say, do you know the Lord? They'd say, I've read the whole Bible. Have you? Like, nope. I didn't want to say it out loud, but I'm like, nope. And they would just, they would just do that. I would say, but here was the thing. I was reading my Bible. They were not. I've read the Bible. Have you? That's saying like, I've eaten that buffet you're talking about 10 years ago. But I'm eating it. And what happened was, finally I crossed this threshold, and then nobody ever, when I witnessed to him, said, have you ever read the whole Bible? I was like, ready. But do you know it's not an issue of, have you read? Because once that was done, I could stop reading and go, I read the whole Bible. But that would be like saying, I've tried the food, I don't eat anymore. So what am I saying? Don't just try to read the whole thing through at once, just start eating. After a while, you're going to have read through it. But you just need to diet constantly. Or have in your diet the Word. 
on an ongoing basis. And as you continue, you'll start to grow. We'll say it this way. You'll become a disciple of the Lord. Amen.